0: Good morning. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and if it's your first time, welcome to Driving Theology. So it is a, a hot summer, partly cloudy, or is it partly sunny? I'm not even sure. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's a cup half half empty, half full uh, argument. Uh, at any rate, we're in the middle of the rainy season. I'll take partly cloudy, uh, pun intended, any day of the week. Uh, Yeah, it's Wednesday, and it is, what, June 21st. June 21st, the longest day of the year. Just a good day to talk about longevity. Longevity, I never wondered where that comes from. Long, I always assumed it was long, like the English long. Uh, Longevity jev Jev, Jev, generation, Jev, I don't know anything else with Jev. Anyway, uh, I thought I would talk about marriage today. Uh, I have just had my 34th wedding anniversary with my lovely wife Tomoko last week, Uh, 34 years. We were married in 1989. And my daughter Anna, uh, is uh, my eldest daughter, is getting married in about three weeks. A little over three weeks, I guess. Uh, so we're headed to uh, Honolulu to be a part of her wedding, and that's happening pretty soon. Uh, and I am going to be officiating the ceremony, and so I had to get ordained and then i licensed by the state of Hawaii to do weddings, which I have done. And, yeah, so that's happening. Um, uh, I guess I should say um, God willing. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of the whole God willing thing anymore because Sure, I think God, God would like us to do certain things and not like us to do certain things, but I don't think God vetoes anything we choose to do. Uh, I think uh, He works in mysterious ways, as the cliché goes, um, and I think that mysterious way is that He's always um, working behind the scenes uh, for our betterment, working with the powers that be. Working with various agents, uh, human and superhuman, uh, in order to bring about uh, the best possible uh, outcomes and opportunities for human beings. But I don't think he uh, unilaterally uh, makes things happen. I'm getting off the subject a little bit, but yeah, I I I think I think I think God does support marriage. Uh, and I'll put an asterisk by that because I think God supports commitment. I think God supports people who uh, make uh, promises and commitments to other people and work hard to carry them out. He, he, I think he <clears throat> uh, supports people who... Uh, try their best, even though they will fail from time to time, to commit to one another. And I think this commitment uh, is not just something that God wants us to do. Uh, commitment is, is the nature of who God is. And the Bible talks about how uh, He will never leave us or forsake us. Now, this is part of the nature of God. He's, he's, he's the one who doesn't give up. He's the one who doesn't leave us and who doesn't forsake us. And so when we find in ourselves this desire uh, to to say that and to be that, to, to genuinely want to be that for another person, to be the one who stays put, who, who stands beside, who stands with, who stands for... <coughs> Another person, what we are doing is discovering uh, the image of God in us. God has stood by and has uh, not forsaken mankind uh, though we often uh, forsake one another and God does not forsake us. and I know this is difficult for us to to contemplate it's It's hard because we see so many things happening in the world. But the problem is, I think, more in our seeing, right? The things that we see in the world. Our vision is skewed. And it's less about um, some character flaw in God. (coughs) I think what it is, is we fail to see the true nature. (coughs) Sorry. The true nature of who God actually is. Uh, we fail to see his, his, uh, his, his nature, because he is so much before us and so much after us and so much bigger than us and larger than us and just more than we are. Uh, we are not able to see um, all that he is. There's too much of him to see. There's too much history. Uh, there's too much future. And, and God, as far as we know and as far as most people have surmised, understands the past and the future and the, even the present far better than we ever will. He has a, a continuity that in some sense supersedes time. It, 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 he, he, as far as we know, came before time. Uh, and this, this is how most people have talked of the divine, have spoken of the divine, that somehow he has knowledge, special knowledge, and and uh, more than knowledge, wisdom uh, on what's going on in the world and therefore what's best for mankind and what's best for the world. Um, and part of his nature, yes, is commitment, but he also has other parts of his nature. For example, because God is one who commits, he has to commit to everyone. He's committed to people when they do good and people when they do bad and people when they're right, but people when they're wrong, he's he's committed to everyone. And what this means is, um, if he's going to be committed to you, even as you're doing, trying to do right in the world, trying to do good in the world, trying to be good. Uh, he's also committed to that person over there who maybe is um, your nemesis, who, who who is trying to do everything wrong to you, right? He has to be committed to that person too. And what that means is he has to be patient with that person and as they do bad things, he... he his job in being committed to them is sticking by them when they do good or when they do bad, and he's going to stick by you in the same way. But what that means is we are going to to rub up against one another occasionally, uh, and therein lies the rub. <laughs> Sorry, just had to say that. Uh, therein lies the rub. You know, he he's he's committed to all of us, and the the thing is, we've all been that person, or we all will be that person. Who has done wrong to other people and we are in desperate need of a God who sticks by us even when we are uh, not doing or being the things we should or being who we should um, and because God is a God of commitment, a God who sticks by uh, and stands with uh, and is patient with uh, then that's just what's going to happen in the world. And the thing is, there are uh, references to, throughout history, other beings, other divine beings even, if you will, that are in the world, who God also created and has to stick with and stand by and, and be patient with. And they have immeasurably more power than, than mankind. Uh, we, we hear about... Gods over the over the ocean. When I say gods; they're usually lowercase gods, but they are they are powerful spiritual. Sometimes they're called um, powers and principalities, um, and generally these are thought to be some kind of spiritual beings. Say, in other words, angels or demons, and all rank and file of angels and demons, who God also created, who God also is committed to but who also God must work with in order to get them to do good and be patient with them and try to guide them in the way that they should go. And there are various stories written about these beings, um, both good and bad. Uh, perhaps one of the best uh, story of the angels is about Gabriel uh, or Michael, and and the worst of course is about um, Somebody who we think is Satan, the, you know, the person who was the serpent in the garden and, and who uh, took Jesus into the desert and uh, tried to tempt him. Now, we don't really have much to go by about all of these uh, beings. We, we really don't know a lot. Um, but if, if Jesus... Okay, let's 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 go to Jesus because Jesus is the is the representation. Jesus is the representation of who God is. In fact, Hebrews says he's the perfect image of the invisible God. So, if you know Jesus, then you know God, right? Jesus is God in human consumption form. In other words, we know humans quite well. We are human, and so we know how to read humans better than perhaps any other being. Uh, whether whether they're animals uh, or, you know, uh, anything. Uh, we understand humans better than we know anything else and anyone else because we are human. It takes one to know one, right? We say that often. Uh, so because we are humans, we're able to understand humans. And Jesus came because being human, He's able to show us in a very tangible way just who God is. And John talks about this uh, all the way through his uh, gospel. You know, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. Um, I and the Father are one, right? All of these things, he's he's trying to let us know that people in the old times did not know God, and so I have come in this body so that you may know God. Right? Now you have seen Him. Right? You've touched Him. You've eaten with Him. You've lived with Him. Uh, You've listened to His voice and His teaching. Now we know who God is because we know who Jesus is. We, We have four accounts and really a fifth account if you include Paul who met Jesus on the road to Damascus. So we have various accounts, lengthy accounts, of who Jesus is. And because we know who Jesus is, we know who God is. So if I go back to the idea of commitment and why I I think marriage is something that is supported by God, commitment uh, is shown in Jesus and that He chose uh, His Apostles. He chose his disciples. And he chose them before it, they knew who he was or what he could do. He chose them and they followed him. Right? They decided to be his disciples. And none of them, as far as we know, none of the people that he chose to be his inner circle did he ever ask to leave? Did he ever send out? Did he ever give up on? He never gave up on anyone. And even though Judas, even though Jesus knew that Judas had betrayed him, and knew what was going on with Judas, Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus. Uh, and and uh, for thirty pieces of silver, did Judas betray Jesus? Right? He he turned his back on Jesus. He decided to. Tell the Jewish authorities, the, religion, the religious authorities of the day, where Jesus was, and he was paid thirty pieces of silver. Even though Jesus knew this was going on, and in some ways expedited the process, he's like, you know, whatever you're gonna do, just do it quickly, just hurry up and do it. I know you, I know you're doing it. Just do it, Jesus says to Judas, but he never, he never exposed. Judas in front of the rest of his uh, disciple brothers. Uh, He never uh, cut that idea off in the beginning and just kicked out Judas. He never condemned Judas. Uh, He, just the opposite. He loved Judas. Even though Judas betrayed him, Jesus remained committed to him. And so this is how we know that God is committed, because Jesus was a person who was committed. He, he never fired anyone. He never kicked people out of his group, right? That, that's not who he was. He remained committed to those that he had chosen. <clears throat> and as the story goes, eventually he died. He died. He was, he was crucified on the cross because of what Judas did. Right? Because of what, what Judas did, Jesus died. But, um, he died for his disciples. He died for uh, uh, all of the people who followed him. Uh, he died for all the people who killed him. And he died for you and for me. And He remains committed to this day. But this is how we know that part of God's character is commitment. This this promise to stay with and to stand by and to stand for us. But He's got to do it for all of us. And so there are going to be things that happen in this world uh, when some of the created beings beings that He created Himself cause calamity, cause this or that. It's going to happen. Um, And yet He's working with them and He's working with you. He's patient with you and He's patient with them and He's patient with all of us. Because we are all His creation. We are all His children. Uh, He loves us all. and. What Paul says in Ephesians when he talks about marriage, uh, did I get this right? Yeah, he says that uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved his church and gave up his life for her, who died for her. Now, that's commitment, right? Committed unto death. Commitment unto death is, is what Jesus promises us and models for us and does for us. And so when you guys, even though you're not going to be able to do it perfectly, when you guys want to be that for one another, when you want to be that committed, I'm, I'm saying you guys, I'm talking now to my 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 daughter, and uh rob her husband to be when you when you choose when we all choose to try to be that committed when we want to be that committed for another person <clears throat> God smiles because we're we're showing us to be his his children and whether you believe in him or not whether you follow some religious dogma or or whatever, or you don't, even if you don't believe in Him. When you show yourself to be committed, you are exhibiting the best, the best possible, I shouldn't say the best possible, the best characteristic of God. That's how you show yourself to, to have the image of God that commitment I haven't talked about love um, or have I love is just another word for commitment love is just another word for commitment this is why when we do marriage ceremonies we talk about For better or for worse, in sickness or in health, for rich or for poor, till death do us part. You are communing with the creator of the universe when you take these vows. Because these are the vows not. We're gonna keep one for another. These are the these are vows, we're repeating vows that, that God does for us. That Christ has promised us. And though every human being break these vows, he never will. And he never does. And he's not he's not interested in. He's not threatened by whether or not you believe something about Him. Because as long as you are committed to commitment, you are embodying His teaching to the full. You've done it. You've made it. And even when you don't, even if you don't live up to this commitment. Keep trying. Keep working on it. There's nothing better in this world than not giving up on another person. And there's nothing more secure than knowing that you have somebody in your life who just won't give up on you. Um... That's marriage, right? That that's that's marriage. That's commitment. That's it's it's also friendship. It, it, it's it's also family relationships. It's 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 everything that's best in the world. People not giving up on each other is when the world is at its best. And what happens when people do give up on each other? War. Is what happens, whether it's a you know a, a battle or a fight, you know, a fist fight or a, uh, you know, a, a verbal fight, a word fight, an argument. Uh, when you're spewing hate to each other, when you're when you walk out, when you turn your back on your spouse, and, and you're angry and you leave the house, or um, this happens on. Micro and macro levels. When a boss fires a worker. When a teacher fails a student. <clears throat> uh, well, I should take take that one back. Sometimes <laughs> teachers have to fail students, uh, or they don't learn. Uh, eventually, that you know there are requirements for. Yeah, that's a tough one, <laughs> being a teacher. Uh, but when, when, you know, a country goes to war with another country, they've given up on, dip, that's what they say diplomacy has failed, and so the next step is war. The next step is war. Uh, diplomacy is talking, right? It's reasoning, it's trying to come up with a compromise or a solution before any violence takes place. But violence is the... the... failure of commitment. Right? It says that I am no longer okay with dealing with your behavior, therefore I'm going to punish you physically um, war is the opposite of the way that God works in the world despite what people in the Old Testament thought God never caused wars or calamities uh, he's not he's not the the workings behind earthquakes or tsunamis or floods uh, Despite what people thought about God, uh, I think their paradigms were faulty. They didn't understand the uh, nature of God, and that's why Jesus came when he came, so he could tell us once and for all his nature, his true nature, who he is. Uh, Man, I'm excited about having a son-in-law a big deal, right? Um, I've raised three three girls. I have two boy dogs, but <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be neat, neat to have some more men in the family. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I think it's going to be a neat thing. Uh, I don't know what else to quite say about that, but... <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> but what I'd say to you, Anand Rob, and anybody else who wants to listen, is that your your decision to be committed to each other, uh, for better or for worse, uh, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's really what all life is about. I would say right next to creation is commitment. Alliteration aside, that God created, and then He is committed to His creation. He's He's committed to seeing His creation through to a better conclusion than it's been in the middle. And I still I still hold out the hope that whatever cosmic culminating event uh, comes that it will be worth it for everyone involved and I know that's horrible to say, people have gone through such horrible, horrible things but I do believe that whatever God is accomplishing in the creation of this world And all the beings in it and around it. That we will be better off in the end. That whatever he's doing uh, is um, in our best interest. Uh, And when I say whatever he's doing, I don't think he does anything without the consent of others. I think he works with us. I've said this many times, I don't mean to rehash it, but I think it's super important to know that God is a collaborator. That even before he created the world, or human beings, or possibly angels, uh, he was collaborating with himself. When we talk about the triune God, or the Trinity, uh, we're talking about uh, the fact that God is community from the beginning. Uh, God is community, that's his nature. Uh, God is not... And never has been uh, uh, really um, one. Now, in a sense, the three are one, and that's that's the idea of the Trinity, and that's a a concept that men have come up to with to explain what they find in Scripture. Right? This idea that that they're we're told by teachers who have come before us and written the books in the Bible that. That God is both Father, Son, and Spirit in some sense. Uh, And we've come up with the uh, theory or doctrine of the Trinity as a way to explain how that works together. And and we're not sure about that. But that does seem to be the case, that God is community. So, when bad things do happen in the world, when people suffer... uh, and especially, and I would say anytime anybody suffers, innocent people suffers, because I don't think suffering is what God has ever been about. Um, I I think that what has happened is that God has been unable to convince powers that be, whether they be human or um, Angelic, demonic, or whatever, what what have you, that he has he has failed to convince them to do good in the world, and they have instead done evil. Um, they have they have caused um, they have wreaked havoc in the world, and the, the reason that the whole world is not on fire is that God is actually successful quite often. He is successful, he's he's able to, to keep these these monsters at bay who believe that humankind is not worth saving, that animals and the earth are not worth saving, but he's actually, uh, you know, despite popular belief, usually successful and he's always working at it, but because he's a collaborator. He collaborates with His creation to take care of His creation. Sorry, I'm just sipping a little latte here. <clears throat> and You know, I think this goes back to the fact that God, uh, deep down, is a parent, right? He, he, he's a father, he, He's a mother. Um, they're a mother, they're a father, however you want to say this. Uh, and as a, as a parent myself, sure, there are times when I did things for my kids that maybe I get an impatient waiting for them to do something correctly and I didn't want them to do it wrong. And so I step in and do it for them. I don't think God does this. This is, this is where God's a better parent than I am. God allows his kids to make mistakes and to figure out their own, uh, Weaknesses, so that they can fix those mistakes and to work through them sooner. The more we coddle uh, kids, and I'm not saying you shouldn't ever do something for your kids. You know, of course, you're going to have to feed them when they're babies, and because they can't feed themselves. Um, but God's nature—nature nature is not one who forces things on another person, right? He doesn't. He never forces anyone to do anything. And He doesn't punish them when they don't do right, right? Doing wrong is punishment in and of itself. There are natural natural consequences for not doing good in the world. You know, for example, if you if you murder someone, well, there are going to be consequences coming your way from all kinds of places. Uh, first and foremost, from your own conscience, uh, from your own mind. Uh, I've never murdered anyone, but I, I assume a murderer becomes uh, very paranoid that other people are going to kill them. They're always assuming that other people are murderers. Uh, they, um, you know, you, you can put yourself in a hell of guilt and shame uh, by doing bad things in the world. There, there are natural consequences. And I think those natural consequences have been attributed to God, but actually they're just the consequences of when we do bad things, right? It's just it's just what happens. It's karma, in other words. Uh, that I think the uh, uh, the Hindus have have discovered this: that when you do bad in the world, bad things are going to happen to you. It's just it's just the nature of of being uh, selfish and violent in the world. You're you're going to reap what you sow, is how Jesus put it. Um, So, I don't think God has to punish us for the wrongs we do. I think doing wrong uh, comes with punishment of its own. Doing doing things that are bad for us or bad for others, uh, it's going to have its own punishment. Alright, I want to wrap this up. I'm, I'm about... where I'm supposed to be and I'm gonna ask probably Rob and Anna to listen to this just to get some ideas of where I come from. Uh, I do want to say this even though I was raised in a Christian household and background and and I have been Christian my whole life in one sense or another. um, I do want to tell you this God is bigger than Christianity. Um, The God that I have come to know does not reside in one religion. Um, He he didn't even come to start a religion. Jesus didn't come to earth to start a religion, but to reveal who God is and how much He loves us so that we would start uh, hopefully modeling that love into the world and that the world could become a better place and believe it or not I think that's happening in the world to some extent and I don't think I don't think that only belongs to Christianity I think I think God revealed himself to to many uh, down through the ages uh, in many countries uh, to name a few I think he, I think there's, there are people in Greece who got a glimpse of him, and I think there were people uh, probably uh, in China, uh, specifically through Lao Tzu, who got a glimpse of him. And actually, I think people down through the... Every, everybody has gotten glimpses of him, but I think the best glimpses that I know of came through some of these people. And I think the Buddha uh, in India got a good glimpse of... of who God really is. Uh, And, and I think also uh, people in Roman-occupied Palestine got a glimpse of who God is, who the true God is. Uh, And, and so I, I think that all of those places got really good glimpses of the nature of God. And then they started teaching, and and through, you know, just like the game of telephone, the message has become obscured down through the ages. And so, for me, I I think every generation and really every person needs to have their own revelation of who God is. I believe I've had mine, or at least I've had one up to this point, and I I hope at some point you have yours as well uh but don't you know I, I hope that we we figure out that we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater that just because religions have done some horrible things down through the ages doesn't mean that at the beginning there was good and that it just got messed up over the years and I think that's easy to see but there's hope, right? I think there's, there's a lot of hope. There, there's, there's a great chance, uh, and there are a lot of opportunities for you to embrace um, a more, I don't know, correct image of who God actually is, the nature of God. Uh, and yeah, I, man, I'm just looking forward to you guys' wedding and thank you for everybody else who's going to listen to this podcast. I'm just going to post it like usual. Um, but, uh, yeah, commitment is a wonderful, wonderful, worthwhile thing to do and it doesn't only exist in marriage that really should exist uh, in everything we do in every every relationship we have Uh, commitment I think you know the the promise to stand by and stand with and stand for uh, someone else till death do you part in every circumstance uh, is is how you exhibit the image of God in the world yeah it's it's what it's the it's the image that god gave you it's it's the divine nature in you uh, and i i respect your desire to do that and to be that for your loved one so thanks guys we'll talk to you later